0: Good evening. You've reached the Neptune Project. For all you new listeners, I'm your host, Stan Peck, coming to you from a base far off. Maybe I'm on Neptune. Maybe I'm on We're about to begin, the music will continue for a second, and then I'll be here momentarily. Good evening from the Renaissance City. I think I think I told you I was on Neptune, or maybe I wasn't. I don't know. Hey guys, I want to discuss. Well, the title of this podcast is "Why I Love Jesus." If you're gonna hate Paul, and I'm going to be briefly discussing this, what that podcast, what the title of that podcast means today, why I love Jesus. If you're going to hate Paul, I, I base my podcast off of several things today. But first, I want to read a reply on a blog I read recently. Well, it was a reply uh, post that somebody responded. This is by someone that says they're anonymous. This is what they said. I find it interesting that all of the opinions here, I think she meant that, that all the opinions here are written by men. As a woman, I would like the opportunity to interject. I have read the Bible multiple times and every time I come to the teachings of Paul, it makes me cringe. His opinions have become doctrine and so many factions of Christianity. We have an entire religion where women will not cut their hair because, Paul said, a woman's hair is her glory. I love God. I love Jesus. I love the Holy Spirit. But Paul makes me sick every time I read him. Uh, folks, I, I want to address Paul today uh, about and respond to this. And First of all, this podcast is, is very controversial, and I don't have all the answers. This podcast, like I said, we are a work in progress. I don't have all the answers. Maybe you don't either. But we can all be Berean in our faith and decide, and try to figure out the scriptures, um, I, I guess I got tired of hearing over time, I've heard this so many times, that Paul was opinionated, that's what I've heard from so, from so many people, that Paul was opinionated, and there's usually not anything great they wanted to say about Paul, and I do understand there are places in the Bible where this can be inferred, so, so first of all, I'd like to give you a little story of, of something that happened in my undergraduate years. Um, I had been part of a class, I think it was nonverbal communication. And one day a lady came around probably just to, I think she was just going to those, she knew that were Christians. I happened to be one of them and she was handing out surveys. I believe they, the surveys in this particular date was about women's role in the church. I think she was probably herself a minister i do believe she was anyway i was very much back then more progressive and started filling out the survey now a little background i'd already known this lady Uh, i had met her a semester or two beforehand and i had already expressed my views to her and she was adamant back then as well to discuss women's rights in the church and I, I agreed with her wholeheartedly back then about women getting equal rights as that of men in the church and at that point in time. And but as the story goes, a year later the same lady we were in another class and she again had a survey she was handing out as a different survey. Not the same questions or ideas. Well, it's not the same questions, but regarding the same ideas. But this time I just really I felt a little different, but I I didn't want to respond the same way I did the first time. And I just didn't give answers on the survey the same credence as I did the first time. So I filled out sort of a negative response to her and gave the survey back. You know, I really don't think the lady ever spoke to me again. And really, I, I guess I felt some guilt for some time for possibly offending the lady, not because I gave a negative response, but because I feel like I betrayed her, maybe she was expecting me to have positive views of women's role in the church at the time, and depended on my reply for her empirical data, she had to formulate all these uh, responses that she was getting into some sort of research uh, paper, I believe. Now today, I'm a little different in my views, as I think, I see a more full, well, a more complete picture. Um, I do see women as being equal, but I can't tell you I think every woman is meant to be in the pulpit, but I won't say some aren't meant to be there. I know a female minister whom I think I've learned several things from, and she not been a minister of the church. So let's proceed on here from here. Uh, this is a verse coming from Galatians 3, verses 26 through 29 this is what it says. So in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, or For you all are one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So, all right, let's look at this. You know, in Christ Jesus, when he looks at his sheep, he, he doesn't see our differences, but sees us all as children in Christ. He doesn't have to look at perhaps the special qualities of the Jews having the law and being descendants of Abraham as being better than the Gentiles. And he doesn't look at females as being the weak gender, but sees them as heirs of the kingdom, just like the males. And I think he gives them the due respect they deserve in this passage, or is this possibly only referring to the rights to be children of God? Sort of a scripture to be looking at. I'll, I'll let someone else. Decide on that, whether he's talking about our rights as children of God, because I know this verse has been used to say that women are the same equality as men in all circumstances. Now, back to our original idea today. And really, what about Paul and his opinions? I want to look at some passages that infer that he does actually have opinions in the Bible. The first passage is in 1 Corinthians 7, starting with verse 10, and this is what he says. To the married I give this command, not I, but the Lord, a wife must not separate from her husband, but if she does, she must remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband, and a husband must not divorce his wife, and in verse 12 it says this, to the rest I say, I, not the Lord, if any brother has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. So Paul has two interjections here. Here one saying that the Lord spoke and the other saying that it is his words. So he definitely has some sort of opinion in the matter here. And a second passage from 1 Timothy 2. A woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach her to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. That's from 1 Timothy 2. And there are many passages where Paul specifically comes out and says, you know, I do this, or I permit this, or I want. So I get your point on saying he's opinionated, at least from looking at the scriptures, where he is saying that he personally requests something or demands something when he says something from his perspective but please don't throw out Paul's opinions with the bathwater now here's my take on this and, and, and first let me say this I've seen a church basically put in dire straits because women were allowed to pray along with men and the church was kicked out of a borrowed facility they were renting from a more conservative establishment okay here we go, and we do need to be a Berean here, and what did the Bereans do? They examined the scriptures to see if what Paul said was true, so we too to examine the scriptures, and I want to say this first though, Paul was an apostle called by God. Are you an apostle? Can you say Jesus blinded you by light, spoke to you miraculously? really gave him instructions to do someone else miraculously healed his blindness and instructed him to become a baptized believer into the kingdom, all from a divine intervention? Have you performed a sign, wonder, or miracle in the church? And here's the big one. Paul had to suffer tremendously for Christ's sake in God's name. And while he was suffering and being left dead at times, if you can think of this chronologically as time being in the future as in the past, while he was suffering, you were on your couch eating from a can of Pringles. Don't get too offended by that. But that's the harsh part of today's podcast, and I, 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 I want to give some hope to you out there though, who, who do claim Paul was opinionated as well. And this podcast is not about how women can't, can't have equal roles. And here is where we proceed to do this. So here we go. What do we see Paul interjecting in the passages we just read? Or we do see Paul interjecting in the passages we've just read where he definitely says, I do not permit, or where he says, not I, but the Lord. So Paul is making a distinction in scriptures when he wants to say what are his thoughts and commands rather than the Lord's. Now, I do something... Here that I, I just want to throw out a I call this a left-handed monkey wrench. The Bible says all scriptures God breathed. Does that mean Paul's own ideas are God breathed? Well, I've read and where where that is debated actually, but the Holy Spirit here appears to be showing a distinction between God's ideas and Paul's. Paul is not special no more than you are special. He was chosen by God, though maybe some of you are chosen as well. And definitely we're all chosen to be a royal priesthood and invited into the kingdom, those of us who believe. But I really think here that God is allowing Paul to advocate for himself as he is respecting Paul's opinions, as he has given Paul enough knowledge, and some of that probably the wisdom from scriptures and from God to deal with the church as possibly maybe God does that with us today. And just really today, just maybe God wants us to use our wisdom he gave us to deal with issues and such, that he respects us enough to do that as well. Can you imagine that? God respecting someone? And and I do realize Peter's words: God does not show favoritism, and in some versions it says God is no respecter of persons, but that just means God does not show favorites. He does not have favorites. He, however, just may respect our free wills at times, believe it or not. Now, can you imagine that? God giving us a way to go about our free wills. I can use my free will for the good or for the bad, though. So what did God res- respect Paul to write on his own in these passages that are now so offensive so that people will now complain about Paul's opinions. Well, most of this stuff, really, I've heard from others complaining about Paul's opinions. Well, most of the stuff I've, I've heard from this do come from women, um, but, and they're men too, but I a lot of the stuff when Paul talks specifically about women's roles in the church, Some women do get offended by what he says. Now, here's another idea to discuss, too. Um, Paul does not specifically say, um, I permit or I do not permit. Um, It probably is the real ringer of all of this. This comes from 1 Corinthians 14. Um, first Corinthians 14 verse 34 says this, now this is another passage. Um, women should remain silent, this is from first Corinthians 14, it says, women should remain silent in the churches. They are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission as the law says. If they want to inquire about something, they should ask their own husbands at home, for it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. Or did the word of God originate in you, or are you the only people it has reached? If anyone thinks they are a prophet or otherwise gifted by the Spirit, let them acknowledge that what I am writing to you is the Lord's command, But if anyone ignores this, they will themselves be ignored. Now that's some pretty serious stuff. And, you know, my first take on this, really, I was offended too when I read that passage. Um, I started actually judging our churches, really, from, from from reading that, saying, my goodness, we need to silence all the women in our congregation. Now, I'm not really at this point going to give you a definite answer to this verse. But, uh, and this is the reason why, because Paul talks in this verse, he says, about those who think they are gifted enough to respond. And, you know, God did not give me a special gift to determine women's roles in the church. We're only discussing this as Bereans. Paul is the Apostle speaking here. But there could be an indication here, I've done some of the research on this, that the law Paul talks about, remember when he said women must be in submission, as the law says, could actually be the Roman law that Paul was talking about at that time. As why would Paul be an advocate for grace versus the law? He was a big grace versus the law advocate and then come back with the law says this or the law says that. Yes, Paul said uphold the law of Christ, but he was a preacher of grace, not really a, a law oriented preacher. Now, some say he was referring to Genesis 3 in this, and you can read that on your own. But here's where I finally respond on these issues. We've got to quit referring to Paul as just opinionated and not recognize his authority, not only for back then, but for now. Yes, there may have been instances where he put his opinions in but he clarifies in scripture what his opinions are and what are not his opinions. We don't find him saying something that is just his opinion without us, without him telling us first. Can we respect Paul in that? For the females and males who keep coming back to Paul and to the lady whom I read about in the beginning, who obviously had a hatred for Paul. I think you're hating Paul because you see that there are injustices in the church like the one you mentioned where it says judge for yourself is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered does not the very nature of things teach you that if a man has long hair it is a disgrace to him but if a woman has long hair it is her glory Paul says earlier on before he even said this a man ought not to and he goes on and says some other things but Let's see what that verse is actually saying here. It says, the verse says specifically, a man ought not to cover his head since he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of man. Possibly we need to decide if ought is something coming straight from God or rather Paul is inferring again his ideas. This passage also begins with Paul talking. Now this is important. This passage also begins talk with Paul, talking about traditions, and that is something to note. Tradition does play a role at times. I want to get back to the word that I mentioned, I believe it was in my last podcast, the word respect, and leave you today with with that particular word, because here's where I believe we can decide whether a woman should speak or not. And I just want to say that I speak in words that flow sometimes throughout my podcast without going back to prior ideas, so I apologize in this. I think those of us who possibly have been in the church a while can understand what I'm saying. What I'm saying when I want to address women's roles with, with here. Um, I think what we have to do is... We need to distinguish what the Holy Spirit wants rather than what we want. And is the spirit of the church that you belong to, and I'm talking about the spirit with a little S, not a big S, does that mean that, that, or that does mean that each church has a different personality? So what I'm saying is, is um, the Holy Spirit is the ultimate decider what is the truth or not in a church. I've been in churches, for example, with a a certain spirit, and a woman speaks up to say something and bam. Everybody immediately gets sort of a, you know, OMG, what just took place? Everyone begins to feel very uncomfortable about this. Should someone rush in and immediately change something that would offend the entire congregation? Probably not. So really, let's pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is doing in your church as well as the spirit, but a little less, of your congregation. And I want to say this, regardless of what I say, the Holy Spirit has been poured out on all men anyway, and the words in red say that in the New Testament Gospels. And I'm not talking about the indwelling spirit that the believer has but the measure of the Holy Spirit poured out on the world to convict men and women. That's in the Bible, I promise you. And I want to say this, for those of you who are women pastors, I'm not here to debunk your faith or pastoralship. Is that a word? I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I've learned several things from preachers like Joyce Myers. But I will say to those close is, is this let's look at the opinions from apostles and respect that even if they were Paul's opinions then they came from a source that is to be respected he had reasons for his commands and God chose to put his opinions as well in the Bible and maybe we need to respect Paul and his opinions. There's no reason to hate Paul. As Christ didn't give us his personage, said that a word, in the Bible to dislike, he didn't give us his, he didn't, God did not give Paul to us to dislike. As Christ came and his messengers to, Christ came to bring good news, right? Did Christ not come to bring good news? So let's today begin looking again at what is the good news. If what you are doing is bringing about good fruit in your life and for everyone else, the fruit that Christ did talk about in the red letters, if if you are bearing good fruit for Jesus Christ. maybe you are doing something that is related to the good news of Jesus Christ and what he came to do on the earth. If it is bringing harm to anyone, or could possibly bring harm, then maybe we do need to think a little. Now, I'm not saying God allows his church to do as they please, nor not follow the commands of the apostles, but just maybe we need to rethink. Both. There are opinions and there are things that are more serious. And Paul is not to blame for having directives to the church that he believed under the Lordship of Christ were best for the church. And I'm not telling the churches who hold to conservative views about women's roles to just all of a sudden start allowing women to, for example, pray along with the men, which would happen, was what happened in our particular church. And I'm also not telling the progressive churches to continue as they are as women should have greater roles and ignore certain passages we have just talked about. What I'm saying is that I've seen this issue in the church cause such a problem, and this is what I want you to hear, that neither party benefited from the conclusions that both parties decided. And a split basically occurred When the church is about the cross and the people, not about non-salvation issues. If our doctrine is so important, and the way we look at people, and I'm talking about non-primary doctrine, that is doctrine that is doctrine that is not intended to bring about belief in Christ and further his work on the earth. If our doctrine doesn't meet the needs of people in need, to quote a pastor I heard back in the early 90s, if our doctrine does not meet the needs of people in need, then we need to change the way we look at people. Okay, I want to hear your responses from this. You can email me at stanpeck at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. That's all I got today, folks. Until next time, live faithfully, hope abundantly, give grace to all men, and please be looking up. Thank mm-hmm. you.